Josh was desperate to take a drink of water as we were counting in. That's one of the things I learned at Gimlet, is that it's good to prevent that, like, that sound that can happen. But I was, that's why I was trying to get it in right before we started. I always take a big swig of beer right before I start. <laughs> well, just to loosen up a little bit. <laughs> You're doing that as well. Get a little loose. Joshua, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy... What else is celebrated in December? Chrismica, obviously. Two Pidgeys with one stone. Eid al-Fatir to our Muslim listeners. Happy holidays. It is a holiday episode. And atheists out there? Probably. I hope you're enjoying your time off from work. It's a free ride. Free ride. Enjoy the day off. Maybe play some Pokemon. We decided to hold off on the final two episodes of season one of Experience Share, Pokemon Podcast, because we're podcasting professionals, okay? We know you don't drop episodes on holidays, and perhaps it's something we could have thought about months ago, but this is a weird time. Holidays don't drop on Tuesdays usually. Yeah. They're usually Mondays or like later in the week, and we got hit with a double kick. We're podcasting professionals. Josh works at a major podcasting company. I work at a major media company. And we realized that the last two episodes of season one were going to come out on December 24th, that is Christmas Eve, and December 31st, that is New Year's Eve. That's no good. So instead, we're holding off till the new year. You will hear the conclusion of our antics in the Kanto region. Then, until then, we have two holiday episodes for you, beginning with this week's episode, which is Christmas-themed. Yeah. There was Josher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Tonner and Blitzen. Good. Very good. And I'm Tonner, Tanner Greenring, and Josh is Josher, Josh Vailstead, and that is uh, the Christmas nickname. I like it. Okay. (laughs) It's simple and elegant. Very little work for both of those names. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a reach. Both are a reach. They're always a a reach, to be fair. No, they're not always a reach. They're often very good. (laughs) So we watched episode 39 of the Pokemon anime this week. Holiday hijinks. And as the name implies, it is a jinx-heavy episode. So I'm wondering now, Josh, do we just want to get it out of the way? Yeah. Yeah. Tanner's You Make Me Barf Pokemon of the Week was Jinx. Very fair. So gross. Yeah. Here's a few things you need to know about Jinx's portrayal in the anime. One, highly offensive. Two, (laughs) never stops moaning orgasmically. Every time she speaks, she goes, oh, Jinx. Mm. Oh, Jinx. Jinx. It's so gross. It's like overwhelming. I feel like I get unfairly accused by you and by the bug catchers for turning these games and these episodes sexual. But I'm going to insist once again that it's not me and I'm just a messenger and that these games are 
sexual and always have been. And this episode is living proof. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. It's it's hard to avoid. It, it's hard to... I, I have to agree with you on this one. Jinx is too sexy. Yeah. They made her too sexy. They made her a lot of things that got them in trouble, in fact. They made her a lot of things that got her in trouble, yes. <laughs> so do you want to teach the controversy this week, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, I'll try my best. So, And please be very delicate about this, Josh. While we were trying to locate this episode, and most episodes are on Pokemon.com, Holiday Hijinks is one of only seven episodes that was banned in the U.S. And the literally the moment you turn it on, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I understand why. This was just problematic from the start. It did go live, and it did not come out into the U.S. until December 11th, 1999, even though it was broadcast in Japan on October 5th, 1998. And that is due to the ep- 38 incident which we'll also talk about it was a bad run and I, why <laughs> why did this why did this show take off in the way that it did because it is cursed <laughs> it's very surprising uh it, it doesn't really break it out into seasons but this was the original ash misty brock like original run so after it aired a woman named carol boston weatherford wrote an article Aside from her books, she's most well-known for Juneteenth, Jamboree, Freedom in Congo Square, You Can Fly. She also writes literary criticisms of racist representations in children's entertainment. So you could see uh-huh. where we're going with this. Yes. She wrote an article that, based on watching this episode, seems pretty accurate. She was saying that the Jinx character in the episode... Jinx is a highly offensive character, and she's like a weird like minstrel show yeah what she wrote in the article is the character jinx pokemon number 124 has decidedly human features in contrast to most other characters colon jet black skin huge pink lips gaping eyes a straight blonde mane and a full figure complete with cleavage and wiggly hips Put another way, Jinx resembles an overweight drag queen incarnation of Little Black Sambo, a racist stereotype from a children's book long ago purged from libraries. Okay. So. I am a fan of many things out of Japan. Sure. Me too. And they seem to be lacking, I mean, at least in this point in history, like the 80s and 90s, there seemed to be some lack of awareness around this specific negative portrayal of african-american people because like jinx is a problem (laughs) yeah jinx is like obviously a problem there's also a character on dragon ball z who's like obviously a problem his name is mr popo and i think like mr popo has faced similar criticism to jinx which is like this feels like a weird like blackface caricature and what are we what are we doing here and why are we doing this yeah the number of people who this got approved by is, is just... It made it into the U.S. And this was 1998! Yeah. I, any Anyone should have been able to articulate that this was a problematic depiction. It's so weird. It's so weird and so upsetting. That's what rightfully got it banned. Apparently, it did 
air again at the 15th anniversary, but they had re-edited it to make Jinx's skin purple instead of black. And that is also in the Game Boy Color games. She also has purple skin. This is the way they like got around the fact that this character is like a blackface minstrel thing. It's just like they turned her purple, which is like, I don't know, doesn't seem to help. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't really address the like root issue. Anyway, this is so this is why the episode was banned in the US and it is not a f- fun thing to talk about, but like we're going to confront the fact that this is a weirdly racist depiction of a character right at the top so that we can set it aside for now and just talk about what a weird and fucked up <laughs> episode of TV this was. Aside from, aside from all of that. What better way to celebrate the holidays than by having to confront someone who is being problematic at the dinner table? Yeah, if you're somewhere right now and you've got like that weird uncle who defends Jinx, be like, no, yeah, no, Uncle Kenny, Jinx is problematic. (laughs) All right, so let's get into this episode a little bit. Yeah. The episode begins with a young... Jesse of Team Rocket. Mm-hmm. And I already have an issue, Josh. <laughs> okay, yeah, go ahead. Because it's a flashback to Jesse as a young girl, and she's telling the story about the time that Santa came into her house. Oh. And she says, it was 10 years ago, and she's clearly a young girl, like maybe five. Oh, n- yeah. I'm having trouble trying to figure out canonically how old Jesse of Team Rocket is supposed to be. Because she looks like a 30-year-old woman. Yeah. But according to this, she's like somewhere between the age of 15 and maybe 18. And in some ways would may, would be better if she were you know in her teens because then it's at least like, okay, now it's not a, a like mid-30s woman chasing around a, a gang of children. Sure, but in some ways it's better, but she's also a highly sexualized character who wears very revealing clothing. Yeah. (laughs) So in Uh, a lot of ways, it's a lot worse. Overall, net-net, it's worse. I I guess that's true. So (laughs) Jessie... Jesse <laughs> is a little girl and she's in her bed and she's waiting for Santa to come and she's going to try to capture Santa for some reason. Well, she's waiting for she's got like milk and cookies out, right? And she's waiting to see Santa. Even little Jesse is mean. She's evil. Yeah, she was already about to snap at any moment. Yeah, when she's feeling frustrated that Santa isn't going to come, she takes her favorite toy and throws it against the wall and it breaks. And for some reason, her favorite toy looks like Brock. And I don't know why. And then Jinx in a Santa outfit comes down her chimney and is like, Jinx, Jinx, Jinx. And collects the broken toy and then leaves. And Jesse feels eternally spurned by Santa, who she believes is now believes is a Jinx. Yeah. The Jinx was wearing a Santa outfit mysteriously. So then for the rest of her life, Jesse has a vendetta against Santa Claus 
because she believes Jinx is Santa Claus because of Jinx sneaks into her house and makes off with one of her favorite toys. And that feels problematic as well. <laughs> Cut to modern times. Ash, Brock, and Misty are on their adventure through Kanto. They're walking along the beach. They encounter a Jinx. Ash holds up his Pokedex, which in this has a, da- uh, has a name, Dexter. Mm-hmm. And it's intelligent for some reason. Of course. And he holds it up to Jinx, and Dexter says, Jinx, the human-shaped Pokemon. Which, to me, do you mean a human, Dexter? If something is human-shaped, yeah, like how Dexter? did a Pokemon get human-shaped? Which <laughs> came first? <laughs> do you mean a human? Yeah. Some, Dexter, some Pokemon are just humans, and they're called Mr. Mime and Jinx. The amount of, like, growths, we would have to say, that Jinx has that resemble clothes is pretty substantial, aside from that she just is straight up wearing a dress. And, I mean, aside from the Santa outfit. Yeah, someone is dressing these Jinx. I don't, this is something we've talked about before. Who's dressing these Pokemon, and why? And why do they all have the same outfits, too? Here's what I suspect, is a lot of them are so human-like that they have human-like genitalia, and therefore someone felt compelled to dress them. We're talking about Hitmonchan, we're talking about Jinx, we're talking about Mr. Mime. And someone saw their genitals and were like, ooh, that won't do. (laughs) It's too human-like. Let me take Pokemon clothes and put them on these things. And it's like, at that point, we shouldn't be catching and using these things in fights. Because they're just... They're essentially just people, you know? Yeah, it's it's cruel. It's like how you shouldn't eat octopus because they dream. Too smart. Too yeah. smart. Because they dream. <laughs> it's true. There's a great What do you video. call... There has to be a word for whatever kind of vegetarian you are where you just refuse to eat anything that dreams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe that's what I'll go for, yeah. <laughs> you think chickens dream? No. I don't know. Chickens seem pretty dumb. Yeah, I... Chicken would be hard to believe. When I was in sixth grade, we had a class called Fishing Biology. Wow. It's like Colorado. Yeah. That's very like the the untamed West. Yeah. It was like we had this like thing where it was like little segments. Like there was a three weeks where we did little like little one week classes and segments. And one was bicycle repair and one was fishing biology. <laughs> okay. And the fishing biology teacher told us that fish don't feel pain which is something that like i still to this day don't quite believe i heard that one back when like you know vegetarianism was like really popping off yeah mid aughts or something you mean when i became a vegetarian yeah yeah and i mean that's when i tried it out as well that was the one of the calling cards well fish don't feel anything so it's fine right i'm like i think you could just say eating fish is fine You don't need the reason that they don't feel pain. That seems unbelievable on its face. If you need to justify it to yourself, like maybe you're not ready to to stop eating fish. Yeah. Embrace your truth, you know? And that's where pescatarianism must have come from. Just like, let's just call it what it is. Let me look up what dream means, how dream is translated into Latin. Somnium. Somnitarian. Insomnitarian. I only eat things that can't dream, that are incapable of dreaming. Yeah, it makes it sound like you only eat things that dream. Oh, right, you're right. 
somnium is dream in Latin. So you want to do insomnitarium. Yeah, insomnitarium. That's good. Great. Dexter has one thing. So Dexter says, Jinx is a human-shaped Pokemon. And then Dexter says, Jinx can kiss. Dexter's like, Jinx does kissing. And Ash's immediate reaction is, I gotta catch that Pokemon. <laughs> Ash wants kiss. This has made it so clear that Ash is like a 13-year-old boy because Dexter's like, Jinx can do kissing. And like before Dexter's even like, which puts people <laughs> to sleep and they die, Ash is like, I have to catch it. Yeah. I have to catch a Jinx. And he just just starts hurling Pokeballs. Yeah, but it turns out that she is possessed. Yeah, he cannot capture it because the Jinx already has an owner. The Jinx is walking around with a big black boot. Yep. They're like, oh, what's what's the deal with this boot? Right. A lot of, lot of leaps at this point. Yeah. Somehow Jinx then like telepathically tells its story. <laughs> Jinx will reach out with... It's hair, because I realize now that there are male jinx and female jinx, right? Probably. There's Mr. Mime female, so we'll say it's. Jinx can reach out with its hair and touch you and project a mental image into your head. Okay. So, and then it'll it'll show you a story. And, and this is where the episode gets very leapy, because what we discover when jinx touches our heads is that Santa is real. Yeah. Santa is a Pokemon trainer. He has a Jinx, who we, whom we've met, and he's maybe dead or seriously injured. Yeah. Because all we know is that Jinx has this boot. Santa's real, and he's in real big trouble. But then it becomes like a weird like global warming analogy, because like Jinx projects his picture into the heads of Ash and Misty and Brock, where it's like, She was shining Santa's boot, which is, again, highly problematic. <laughs> Jesus. And then she was standing on the edge of an ice shelf, and it cracked and broke off, and she drifted off down to Kanto. You remember when that turtle got a straw stuck in its nose and everyone stopped using straws? Yeah. This is like our big rallying cry for global warming. In Kanto, yeah. Jinx are being separated from their Santas. And isn't that tragic? And don't we have to do something about it? And let's all start taking care, better care of the planet because how many Jinx are we going to allow be separated from their Santas before we do something about it? And there are plenty because apparently just Santa employs a bunch of Jinx. Employs? I don't think it's employment. Do you, say, do you think that Ash employs Charmander? Good point. Santa has an army of jinx. They're like elves in Kanto. Yeah. And as we already said, the jinx are sexy. So Santa might be up to like some kind of shenanigans up there in the North Pole. (laughs) (laughs) This episode, hopefully we won't get banned in the U.S. Uh Lapras does say, okay, so there's a Lapras too. Okay, (laughs) what? So... (laughs) So they're like, all it's right. It's a really weird episode. We, <laughs> obviously, we need to go to the North Pole and save Christmas because Santa without this boot cannot deliver the toys. Yeah, too cold. Foot too cold. So 
They somehow fashion themselves a raft. And then they use all their water Pokemon. They, yeah, they bring out Ash's Squirtle and then Misty's water Pokemon. She's got a Gyarados, a Staryu, and a Goldeen. No, she has a Starmie, a Staryu, and a Goldeen. And a Psyduck. She pulls out a Psyduck, and the Psyduck's like, I have a headache. And he sits on the raft with them. Yeah. And it's like, put him back in his Pokeball then. Classic. So he's not pulling his Psyduck's not pulling his weight. Um, we also, uh, some so somehow, this another leap, Team Rocket is there also. They've got their Gyarados-like submarine. Team Rocket has this really, really baller submarine that's shaped like it a is sick. Gyarados. And it's so cool. And it's like, if this is the perks of being in Team Rocket, like I'm fucking in. Yeah, it's like they this got is a cool as hell. They got a Meowth balloon. They got a Gyarados sub. Meanwhile, these losers are like out on, on a, a raft being pulled around by a bunch of low-level Pokemon, and they can't even do it. The Pokemon can't even do it, and they all get tired. One thing I thought was a really cool little reference is that when the Staryu like faints, it has the critical health sound. Like, ba-dum, ba-dum, like from the game. Yeah. And it's a little gem, like, lights up. Staryu's a fucked up Pokemon, now that I think about it. If I didn't already have an Ubake Me Barf in Jinx, it would be Staryu, because it's, like, But weird. Staryu's kind of, like, cool, even it's though cool. It's, it's, like, weird. It's cool. So the Pokemon all get tired, and Ash jumps in, and he's like, I'll haul it. Ash takes off all his clothes, and this is Arctic fucking water, you know? Like, they're on their way to the North Pole. It is confusing. I mean, if we're Kanto is like a southern region of Japan, supposedly, that water is not warm. No, and it's getting colder by the minute. Although it had like a nice beach. All the geography, it's a little messed up. Ash jumps in, he starts hauling the raft, and then he hears a voice. And the voice ends up being Lapras. <laughs> Yeah. Who's also friends with Santa and has telepathy and speaks perfect English. I don't recall Lapras learning English psychic moves. And why does it have perfect English? It's got like, what, it go to Oxford or something? It's like using these like, you're going the right way. Like, <laughs> it is like a very like affected, like elfin. It's like Rivendell accent. Oh, absolutely. Lapras tells ash psychically that and i quote one of santa's jinx is missing yeah this old pervert has a (laughs) whole army of these things up in the north pole to do his dark bidding yeah disgusting this santa's even more messed up than the santa in the real world then it's a commercial break and they ask us who's this pokemon did you get it right and Yeah, and I will reveal the answer when we're back from our break. (laughs) Who's that Pokemon? It's Pidgeotto. Here's what I like about Pidgeotto in this Who's That Pokemon segment that they showed on this episode. It comes back from commercial break, and it shows the silhouette, and then it reveals it and says, It's Pidgeotto, and then Pidgeotto does its call. And here's Pidgeotto's call. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this little manic scream. Yeah. It's just like, that's great. I love Fijioto. It was something out of one of my favorite Twitter accounts, Perfectly Timed Screams. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, what? 
like nobody would ever own one of these Pokemon if its battle cry was just like a blood curdling scream yeah. whenever you take it, take just it out. Screamed at me. It's like ah. It's like oh, it's so funny. <laughs> so anyway, Ash and the crew make it up to the North Pole. <laughs> Against all odds, with the help of Lapras, who decides that their hearts are pure because they are trying to return this jinx to Santa. I, here's a question I have for you, Josh, the Pokemon expert. Jinx in the games has always been ice psychic type. Is Jinx ice type because of this episode? Because I've always wondered, like, why is Jinx ice type? How does that make any sense? And then I thought, like, maybe they retroactively added ice type to Jinx based on this episode because all the Jinx apparently in all the fucking world (laughs) live in the North Pole with Santa. It was supposed to be released in 1997, but the, the games were out first. In 98 or 96, right? Yeah, in Japan. So they knew. Why are the Jinx ice type? It's a good combo because Psychic, both of them don't have that many weaknesses. So combined is like, great. Yeah. It's unfortunate the Pokemon that got that combo. I'm doing a quick check and I do not see Jinx is the only ice Psychic other than her evolution and pre-evolution Smoochum, which you haven't encountered yet, probably. Oh, that feels weird. Why? Why? So- it, it reminds me, too, like, in this episode, Jinx is constantly trying to kiss people and Pokemon. Mostly Brock. She seems heavily invested in, in smooching Brock. Yeah, which normally he would be into, but not not this time. He's a sexual character? Yeah, he always hits on ladies. Uh, he's probably, I mean, he's canceled as well. He's always... Yeah. Sounds like the whole show. Crew how did how did we get a, how did we get away with this in 1998? I don't know. I, that wasn't that long ago, you know. People were getting away with it for a long time. My concern and my question is, what is the Pokemon Company and Nintendo of America thinking? Because Jinx is already a weird, problematic, difficult character, and now they're just like, instead of ignoring. Jinx and sidelining her and focusing on any number of our other incredibly popular Pokemon, we are going to give her a pre-evolution with, what's it called? Smoochums? Smoochum. And a super-evolution in so- Pokemon Sword Shield, where she becomes like this like sexy Valkyrie opera singer th- thing. Yeah. A little bit of like an Adele vibe. How about this Pokemon? company and nintendo of america just just stop paying attention to jinx let her die a a slow death yeah give her the sweet kiss of death stop just leave jinx alone jinx can just be jinx and we'll forget about her give any other pokemon a pre-evolution and a mega evolution you know what i mean yeah it doesn't need to be jinx out of this or mr mime i don't want either of them neither of them Uh, box them box them (laughs) Bill's PC and throw away the keystroke. Team Rocket intercepts the Lapras. 
they well they use this like elaborate Rube Goldberg machine that only launches a net. Well, it's a it's a distraction play. Because while they're launching the net and everyone is focused on that, they sneak in and they grab the jinx. Right. Because Jesse's still convinced that the jinx is Santa who crossed her. <laughs> yeah. The team gets caught in the net. Lapras, like this is literally what happens. The entire team plus Lapras gets caught in the net. Cut to commercial. Come back from commercial. The entire team is tied up on the shore, and so is Santa. Lapras is gone. Where where the Lapras go? Like it's literally that. It's like Lapras is also captured, and then they cut to commercial and they come back, and it's like Lapras is conveniently gone. Yeah, because it's got Blizzard and stuff. It could have cut all of the net. No, it doesn't matter. They're all tied up, including Santa, and they're on the shore, and they're being menaced by Team Rocket. Jesse's got a good line. Don't try to stop us if you want to have a happy new year. (laughs) All right, Jesse. I see you. She's having fun out there. She's got good spirits despite her troubled upbringing. Jesse, James, and Meowth steal all the presents from Santa's workshop, and they load them onto the Gyarados sub. And then Jesse and Santa have a heart-to-heart where Santa reveals that he's so busy that he often sends Jinx in his place to do his Christmas Eve present givings. Yeah. And that evening that Jesse saw Jinx, he had sent Jinx to her house to give her her greatest wish, which that evening it turned out to be to fix her action figure, which she broke in a fit of anger against Santa. So Jinx took this action figure and left to fix it. And 10 years later, Santa has indeed fixed the action figure and gives it back to Jesse, and she's very touched. They couldn't visit the house because she didn't believe in Santa anymore. And Santa, I do want to remind you that the easiest way to have people not believe in you is to send Jinx to do your bidding instead of going and doing it yourself. Right. If someone literally sees a Jinx doing your job, they're going to be like, oh, Santa doesn't exist, and it's just Jinx. That's a good point. It's not really a good marketing campaign. And you're wondering why Jesse s- stopped believing in Santa? You did it, Santa. You did this. <laughs> they steal all the toys and the gifts, and they get on the Gyarados sub, and they leave. But not so fast. Not so fast, because... The Lapras returns. The Lapras returns! <laughs> and then I, I think that's when Jesse like, had just said her line... And then the Lapras has a fucking comes in swinging with like, that wasn't funny. And that like telepathically. And then she pops off an ice beam on the Gyarados sub. Freezes the sub, yeah. It was such a cop out though, because it's like, (laughs) Lapras somehow escaped the net. And then became this, like, deus ex machina at the end of the episode. Yeah, escapes the net without freeing anyone else. But you know who does free everyone is Ash pulls out a Pokeball and rolls it on the ground and Charmander comes out. And Ash says, Charmander, burn away the ropes. (laughs) It's a terrible idea. (laughs) Because then Charmander shoots fire at all of them and manages to somehow burn away the ropes without burning their skin or clothes or Santa's beard. And it thaws the submarine as well. Well, so then Ash turns, Ash 
says Charmander fire spin attack on the submarine. And he does, and it melts the ice, and then essentially turns the submarine into a brazen bull. Do you know what that is? No. It's a medieval torture device where it was a bull, (laughs) a a hollow statue of a bull, right? Okay. Made out of brass. And there was a hatch on the side, and you would open up the hatch and put someone in the bull and then build a fire beneath it so that they would cook to death within this brass bowl statue do you know what i mean do you get it i i'm picturing it now yeah and that's essentially what charmander has done with this gyarados sub there's a hellish scene where he (laughs) unleashes the fire spin on the sub and it flashes to the inside of the sub and it's just a it's like a firescape the entire frame is filled with fire and james and meowth are like like being burned up yeah i i mean they would have been toast in real life not to mention all the presents are in there. All the presents, right? God, Ash, it just reminds me how fucking dumb he is. He is super dumb. Like, you're, why are you bringing out a fire Pokemon in, like, the middle of the ocean? Uh, also. Ash has access to very few Pokemon in these two episodes, as I discovered. Well, he always anyway, did because he's so bad at catching them. Santa commands his army of Jinx to use Psywave to levitate the Gyarados <laughs> submarine into the air. It's, Which is not something I realized Psywave could do. No, it Psywave is useless. It's like either just a normal amount of ra- and it's random damage, or it's one point five times like uh, uh, and it can never do less than one damage. Psywave's trash. Well, what it does is it lifts up this submarine and it shakes it out and gets all the presents back and then explodes the submarine. And I, I do. Santa's also, like Santa telepathically uh, communicates to his Winston, Jinx no. and is like, "Oh my god! Oh no! Winks, Winston's com- Winston, creating no. chaos. Winston. He's being an agent of chaos. Oh god!" So Josh's cat Winston came into the room he, and started sowing chaos. He knows how to open doors now. I saw you. I saw you glancing to the right a minute ago. I heard him like pawing at the door, and it's like the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park. <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, well." It's only a matter of time. So, and I do also want to call out because I am going to have to put this clip into this episode. Speaking of hellish, the like hellish chorus of Jinx. Oh yeah, Jinx, 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 Jinx. and Jinx. as they use Psywave. Hellish to make the submarine explode. Horrifying. So then Santa, <laughs> the day is saved, the presents are returned, Santa's off to do his Christmas thing. It's a very awkward scene where he's like, no reindeer. And then it's just like 10 seconds of silence. No one reacts. No one says anything. And he has a Rapidash pulling his No, sleigh. it's a Ponyta. Is it a Ponyta? Yeah. They're indistinguishable, you realize. No, they're distinguishable because... The Rapidash would have had a very different reaction from you oh, in particular, right. but both of us. You're saying that the you're saying that you saw this Pokemon pulling the sleigh, and you're like, I'm not turned on enough, so it must be a Ponyta. I was like, that's a sweetie. <laughs> that's Joshy's sweetie. Was Santa's Ponyta? My question for Santa is, why not just use Moltres like Mr. Squirt? Oh, you think this Santa's got enough talent to capture Moltres? I think Mr. He could he could have each of the legendary bo- birds pulling his sleigh, just like Mr. Squirt. Well, they, they're all Mr. Be, Squirt's they're got all, be all HM them. friends. 
Santa's HM friends, Zapdos, Moltres, and, and Articuno pulling his sleigh. I guess they hadn't discovered Stantler yet, because obviously that is what would be pulling his sleigh. Right. So that's the end of the episode. Christmas is saved. Team Rocket is blasting off again when their sub explodes. It ends, and the guy like has a nice little weird summary where he's like, I'm sure Santa will remember this too. i'm sure he will narrator sure and then there's this incredible thing i i haven't watched the pokemon anime in many years since i was a kid that's good i'm not sure i remember this being a segment at the time called pikachu's jukebox oh yeah (laughs) pikachu plays us a song apparently from his jukebox and it's a really good song. It's a fucking bop. It's called Together Forever. Together Forever. And it sounds like a like a boy band. It's like an 80s like I literally looked it up and I was like, is this fucking in sync? It's so good. Yeah, it was it was a bop. Pikachu's jukebox is straight hits, I think. It's really good. Is there a CD? Oh, yeah. It, it was called To Be a Master. Okay. I had it. Up. To Be a Master. I'm going to buy this right now if it's still available. You can find it on Spotify. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. To Be a Master That's on Spotify. <laughs> I actually have looked up To Be a Master before because I remember that one being a banger. I love uh, really good. The Road to Viridian City is on there, I think. That's a banger. And that's the episode. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. That was a wild ride. We did have to carefully and deliberately examine all the controversies in this one. We taught the controversies. I mean, we're we're calling Pokemon out. We we've been we called out how they needs to be Me Too and Celadon City. Pokemon's got some problems. We're willing to wrestle with them. Troubling episode. <laughs> it made us confront a lot of issues. It made us confront a lot of issues we have with ourselves, frankly. Yeah, true. And we did it, and Merry Christmas. I hope you get lots of good presents tomorrow if you're someone who celebrates Christmas. I hope you got lots of good presents if you're someone who celebrates Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. I'm not sure what the present situation is with Eid Alpha Tear, but if there is presents involved, I hope you got good ones. And enjoy good food and friends and family and... Enjoy um, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and following us on Spotify and, you know, subscribing everywhere else. And tell all your families about the show you love. Yeah. You're surely <laughs> traveling right now, right? Yeah. Sitting around the dinner table listening to Experience Share. When your weird uncle brings up <laughs> how he doesn't think Jinx is offensive, be like, actually, it is. I listen to a Pokemon podcast that explains in very like academic terms why it's offensive and you should listen to it yeah. weird uncle kenny i could explain it to you but i could not tell it to you better than these two podcast titans josh and tanner could right so and you can also say like is jinx also sexy yeah mm-hmm. yeah weird uncle kenny they make her that way for some reason <laughs> she's got this like orgasmic moany voice uncle kenny and i don't know why I don't know why. 
<laughs> but that's just how it is. Anyway, this week we watched an episode of the Pokemon anime called Holiday High Hyphen Jinx. Clever. Next week we are watching an episode of the anime. And that one is called Snow Way Out. Get it? And we had far fewer notes, which we will discuss next week. (laughs) (laughs) Might be a shorter episode next week. Snow Way Out is snow good. (laughs) Snow good. And you will hear that next week when we discuss it. My name is, well, there was... Jusher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Tonner and Blitzen. And I am Tonner, Tanner Greenring, and Josh is Jusher, Josh Fjallstad. This is Experience Your Pokemon Podcast. Join us next week for one more episode of the anime to get us through these holiday doldrums, and then we will be back with the final two episodes of season one in the Kanto region, and then onward to Johto. Hell yeah. We'll see you next week. Smell you later. Smell you later.